This episode of Sound Plus Doctrine is the fourth of five focusing on what really matters to God in our Sunday gatherings. Devin Coughlin joins us as we talk about the importance of our meetings being spirit-enabled and empowered. Welcome to the Sound Plus Doctrine podcast. This is David Zimmer. And I'm Bob Coughlin. And we are here with my son, Devin Coughlin. Devin, it's great to have you. Always good to be here. Wonderful so, to have Dave here. It's always good to have you. We have been uh, in a series, and mm-hmm. I don't know if this is we're actually uh, releasing these in the series, but this is the fourth part yep. of a five-part series on just the core values of congregational worship. We've covered uh, that our gatherings should be God-initiated and exalting. They should be scripture-governed and fueled, Christ-centered and gospel-driven. And today, we're going to be talking about how our scriptures should be spirit-enabled and empowered. And our corporate worship. Our gatherings, yeah. What did I say? Our scripture. Our scripture. I mean, our, our scripture should also. <laughs> our scripture should be spirit-enabled as well. Our gatherings should be spirit-enabled and empowered. I said that because I was thinking on how some of the earlier podcasts, I wish we had done more to just talk about where in Scripture these things are, are found. And we've, we've, mm. we're basing everything we've said on the Word of God, um, but today I thought I'd start specifically with that. Mm. So our, our gatherings should be spirit-enabled and empowered. Paul speaks about the, the gathering of the church in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, when we gather, in verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Uh, later on, verse 11, he says, all these gifts and activities and service are empowered by one of the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Ephesians 5.18 talks about how we're to be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And Philippians 3 says, uh, three, verse 3 says, we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. I mean, those are just some of the scriptures that we're thinking about when we say that our gatherings need to be, or are, Spirit-enabled and empowered. So I'm going to throw that question out. Well, can I maybe just, I'm not going to throw well, a question. Well, you out. can in a moment. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but I just want to jump on that. Good. Um, this ties into we talked earlier about uh, our how our worship is God initiated, and yes. I th- and that's it's I think foundation a, of it's everything. a difficult category. It can be a more difficult category yes. to grasp, but this is just another way that it's expressed. So the mm-hmm. only way, if if worship is God initiated, that means our our Ability to worship is a gift from God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way that God gives his people gifts is through the Spirit. Yes. Every yes. gift that God gives is given through the Spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, all the all the passages you just read, they highlight that to some extent. Yeah. I just wanted to explicitly state, like, yeah. that's that's the only way we receive his gifts. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is one of those gifts that we receive. So, it, so corporate worship must be Spirit-enabled. Yeah. And to even think of this is is humbling, uh, as it is to think of the fact that our worship of God has to be initiated by God. It has to be enabled by God. We cannot come to God unless His Spirit gives us the means to do so. And the means He gives us is through Christ, through the preached Word, through through His presence with us, that 
that enables us to come before God with joy, with confidence, with boldness, and to to meet with Him, to interact with Him. So that means a lot of things to a lot of different people. So I'd love us to talk a little bit about that, both the the Spirit enabling us and then the Spirit empowering us. Uh, so Devin, if you were going to talk about like the maybe expand upon that. Just which you did just a little bit, spirit enabled worship. How do we know if our our, our times together are spirit enabled? Hmm. How do we know if they're spirit enabled? I mean, I there's a sense in which we can't offer right worship to God if they're yes. not spirit enabled. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's the only basis on which we can. Yeah. And so yeah. it's back to Jesus's words in John four: we worship in spirit and truth. And there's there's a lot behind that, but one aspect of that is this spirit-enabled reality mm. of the worship that we bring. Um, I think of, uh, of John 14, um, 16 through 20, and mm. Uh, mm. Jesus says this. He says, um, or he'd go back to 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And, I mean, this is coming at a point where Jesus is saying, I'm... I'm I'm leaving you. I'm no longer going to be yeah. with you. But this yeah, is going to be better for you yeah. because you're receiving the Spirit, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see and see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. And this all takes mm. place mm. by the Spirit. And so this is the reality mm. Uh, in which we can come to God. Yes. This is the reality through which we can see the King. Um, it's only by the Spirit, mm-hmm. and so it's it's one of those things. It's like, um, does a fish have to be in water? Uh, does our worship have to be spirit enabled? Yeah, I mean, like yeah, yeah. It, there's there's not another option. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and so then it's our uh, our call to to worship as as Paul does all throughout his letters with this recognition yes, that yeah. it's always through the Spirit. And yes. what that mm-hmm. cultivates is a dependence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know at another point we talk about uh, Paul's understanding of his ministry, yeah. and there's always this just evident dependence on hmm. the Spirit to work through him. Yes, um, There's always this evident dependence on uh, the Spirit speaking through him and, mm-hmm. and the power of God being seen through this spiritual work. Yes. Um, and we just we everything that we do, we have to be aware of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything we do as we gather, mm-hmm. um, everything we do in the Christian life. Also, one of the things the Spirit does is it unites us to Christ, mm-hmm. and this that's one of the primary ways that that our worship is spirit enabled. So yes. we can't yes. be in relationship with God mm-hmm. apart from who we now are in Christ, mm-hmm. and we receive who we are in Christ through the Spirit. Of adoption, yes. and uh, and so the spirit is this is this bond that unites us to Christ and gives gives us life in Christ, mm-hmm. and now allows us to have access to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of that the spirit enabling aspect is like as you said something that we need to realize more frequently. Mm-hmm. 
So it's the Spirit in Romans 5 who sheds abroad the love of God in our hearts. It's the Spirit who enables us to cry out, Abba, Father. It's the Spirit who reminds us of what Jesus said. It's the Spirit who comforts us. And it's the Spirit who gives, who gives out gifts and makes us aware of God's presence. We can do many things in our corporate gatherings sometimes without any awareness, without any yeah. dependence, yeah. more depending on our plans right. than the fact that, no, the Spirit is really active in in our planning, but also in our meetings. And so it, it should de- produce this dependence, I think, as well as this expectation that God really wants to reveal His power and presence in our meeting. So going back a little earlier in that passage in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, Paul says, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. Mm. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Mm. And then he says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So I think one of the things that uh, has helped us in Sovereign Grace Churches. We have charismatic roots. We refer to ourselves as continuationists right now, um, but because of some of negative connotations that can be had with the word charismatic. But we believe the Spirit really is active in our meetings. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that you know weird things are going to be happening? No, it means that He's working in all kinds of ways that we want to give Him credit for. Mm-hmm. So when when people give during the offering. That's the gift of generosity. When people like manage to get the children's ministry in order and have everybody signed up at the right places at the right times and everything is in the right places, that's the gift of administration. When people are greeting at the door, that's the gift of hospitality. When the the person, the pastor's preaching, that's the gift of teaching. There's the gift of leadership. There's the gift of faith as people pray for one another. I mean, there are all kinds of ways that the Spirit is working in our midst. And so, yeah, there, it begins with that dependence, saying, God, please, we need you to, to act through your Spirit in our meeting. But then there should be this expectation mm. that He will, you know, both in planned and in unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there's both. But it's just giving credit to whom credit is due. You know, a great meeting isn't the result of our great planning and execution. Yeah. A great meeting, one that affects people and draws people's hearts to Christ and and renews their minds, is the result of the Holy Spirit working in what we do. And I mm-hmm. think there can be, yeah, and there are usually two. There's two extremes, you know. On the one hand, churches that just deny that reality, just maybe unintentionally, mm-hmm. they just never talk about the Spirit's yeah. work. It's just, and the emphasis is on, did you plan? Did you work? Did you put in the effort? Did you put in the practice, rehearsal, study? Yeah, okay. Okay, then we're good. Mm-hmm. Without any awareness of need. And then the other side where, no, don't plan. Don't, you don't need to do that much stuff. We'll just kind of let the Spirit lead and just kind of do what the Spirit does. And, you know, but neither side is biblical. Mm-hmm. God has given us His Spirit so that we might experience His presence, we might experience His empowerment, but it's something that He wants us to cry out for and to expect as we gather. Hmm. Well, and He's misrepresented you know, it's so so often in, in our yeah, gatherings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the both sides you mentioned, it's like either there's no dependence on him, and yeah. so it's like, well, 
does this is the spirit really in our midst? Yeah, you know, it's it's our human effort, or he's misrepresented in all of these things he's giving us. He's crying out to him. He's falling on us, falling us, fill us, fill us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so th- you have this misrepresentation too, and both aren't helpful to figure out how how is he enabling and empowering yes. the gospel going forth in our midst. Yes. So I think that dependence is is one of the ways we recognize that the Spirit is empowering, mm-hmm. enabling what, us to do what we do. Absolutely. It's it's consciously expressing, you know, to the Father, thank you for your Spirit, or to the Spirit, Spirit, thank you for being here to enable us to gather, to experience your love mm. for us, the Father's love for us, to experience unity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you that you're comforting those who are, are going through suffering, you're strengthening the weak, you're giving faith to those who are doubting. This is all your work, and we mm-hmm. thank you for it. Mm-hmm. But I think because we place the, and it seems as a common theme to these conversations, we place the emphasis so much on us mm-hmm. that that God kind of gets pushed out of the picture. Right. Yeah. yeah, the Spirit, um, I, I think just this dichotomy that we've... Or, or how we can fall off the horse mm-hmm. where we neglect the Spirit, or there's this um, idea that the Spirit has to be doing great things. Like, the only, way, the only way we know the Spirit is present is if these great, incredible things are going yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Um, and, and it's just, no, God works through His Spirit always, mm-hmm. and He does it m- mostly in very ordinary ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not ordinary, they're yeah. supernatural, yeah. Yes. Yeah. but they seem, they, seem, they can seem ordinary. Yeah. Um, and so ex- what that looks like, I think, in practice is, I think, about things like prayer. I mean, you mentioned some of the things we might do, but just in prayer, it's just mm-hmm. always expressing that dependence on the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in uh, as we receive God's word. Yeah. It's a spirit. Open up our eyes. Yes, yes. that we may behold wondrous things mm-hmm. out of your word. Um, a- asking the spirit to bring conviction where conviction needs to be brought. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's just we want to um, speak of the spirit in in the ways that Scripture speaks of the spirit. Yes. Yeah, and right. when we have eyes open to that, there's a lot of things that God's word talks about the spirit doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of times our our sights are too low. Yeah. You know, for our meetings. I, I'm always drawn to the end of First Corinthians fourteen where the unbeliever comes in. Everyone's prophesying, or you might interpret prophesying. You know, we would see that as uh receiving impressions from the Lord. Um uh saying things that point to Christ, uh that that build up the church. And the secrets of his heart are laid bare, and he falls down and declares, God is really among you. Mm. Do we ever like think that God could do that in our meetings? Mm. Do, do we ever, you know, consider, Lord, or do we ever pray that? Lord, we pray today that unbelievers would so experience your presence in our midst that they would just say, God's really among you and come to Christ because of what you're doing in us. I don't know if we pray that very often. I don't... But I think it's important as an aside, they weren't doing those things with that aim. That's right. That's right. Uh, this was just a byproduct of, of the word of Christ in yeah. one sense, dwelling in them richly right. as they built one another up and edified one another and and proclaimed the glories of God. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, that's when that happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and th- and I think that's just another opportunity for us to depend on the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's the Spirit that's going to bring about that regenerating work yeah. that allows us to see mm-hmm. uh, who God has revealed Himself yes. to be. Uh, and so we we depend on that. Yeah. And so we we are faithful that God has called us to do, and God will do 
things like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I love where Paul says in Ephesians 3, you, you know, he can do more than all we ask or think through his power at work within us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we come to our meetings, I think sometimes we think of our Sunday meetings as just kind of a recharge, you know, get get what we need for the rest of the week and... Um, you know, then we kind of the, the charge drains out through the week, and then we come back yeah. for the recharge. And right. we, you know, I, I don't know if we're thinking God can really like transform people I- in this meeting. Mm. Like He can He can lift them out of the miry bog, out of the pit of destruction. Like right now in this meeting, may not every week, but but we can certainly ask Him to do that. Mm. And so, people maybe who have been struggling with chronic pain, they might be healed. People who are struggling with uh, you know, lack of faith uh, in a certain situation, they, God might give them faith and confidence and joy. Someone who's battling depression, you know, um, for maybe because they're, um, uh, well, there's a lot of reasons for depression, so I, I'm not sure which illustration I should use here, but God gives them joy. Mm-hmm. They, he gives them mm-hmm. joy in Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can do that, but that's the work of the Spirit. So the Spirit is working in our midst to to do those kinds of things, I think both in planned and unplanned moments. I, th- mm. I think back to a, uh, a recent Sunday where we uh, sang um, Is He Worthy by Andrew Peterson, and uh, we ended up singing it again after the sermon. Uh, because it just seemed like the right thing to do. After we'd already sung another song. And, uh, you know, this, the, the, the sense of God being with us was almost palpable. And a lot of people mentioned that. That was the Spirit's work. That was the Spirit's enabling, mm-hmm. the Spirit's empowering. It wasn't because, well, you just picked the right song and you yeah, just had the right, right things going for right. you. And, no, God was gracious and he gave us a sense that, that he's with us and how, uh, you know, it's not surprising because we're singing how worthy Jesus is which is what the Spirit comes to do. But that was an unplanned moment that, um, yeah, enabled the Spirit to impress upon us the glory of Christ. But I'd be interested in in you guys, and all of us actually, talking about um, what can we do to make our churches more conscious of the Spirit's empowering presence? Mm. Like, we've mentioned one, I think, being grateful and praying, certainly. Anything come to mind? I think... um as Devin and have both of you have mentioned, just our acknowledging our dependence mm. uh, throughout our entire gathering. Mm. You know, there isn't a moment where we feel like, well, you know, the transition belonged to us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, yes, yes. <laughs> or the, you know, this final yes. thought or prayer belonged to us. It's a complete dependence from beginning to end. Mm. And and if the Lord decides through His Spirit to use something that was said. Uh, either through a lyric that was sung, a testimony that was given, mm. a prayer that was prayed, the preaching of the word, that belongs to him. Yes, it yes, doesn't he belong gets the glory. to whoever you know. And he I just think, I just think that's a that's a big difference between, um, I guess, maybe more of the like charismatic movement that's wrestling all these emotions and desires mm. that it, it's. It's about what they're doing. Yes. It's about how they're doing it. But as we're com- as we're talking and we're looking at Scripture, we're seeing Christ is the one doing this, and He's the one receiving the glory. Yes, yes. This is I know. I, I was reading my devotions this morning, Second uh, Corinthians nine, and um, 
I was so affected at the end where Paul's talking about how you know the Corinthians had promised to give to the Macedonian offering, and um, Paul Paul sent Titus to make sure that they would they would actually be ready to give it, and then he talks about what what it's producing. So their giving is is a work of the Spirit. But he says in verse 12, the ministry, uh, let's see, verse 11, you will be rich in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Hmm. So that's his first mention of it. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Hmm. By their approval of the service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ, mm-hmm. so everything they're doing is rooted in the gospel, mm-hmm. and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing, surpassing grace of God upon you, mm-hmm. thanks be to God mm-hmm. for his inexpressible gift. Mm-hmm. And it just struck me how you know all that's going on could be totally man-directed. People directed, you know. Oh, you Corinthians, you, you know, you're doing such a great job. You know, yeah. you said you'd give, and and I know you'd give. And Paul's encouraging them, saying great things about him. And you know, you're the best. You know, you guys are just you. You are the you know the givers among givers, and just it's amazing. But he just says, you know what? The grace of God that's working in you is going to produce thanksgiving to mm-hmm. God and other people, and. I'm going to thank God for his inexpressible gift. Mm. And that's what the gifts should do. Like we mm. should we should have amazing meetings in the sense of an awareness God's really with us through these ordinary means that he's yeah. given us. Yeah. But that's the best thing going on. Yeah. You know, in the world God's working out his purposes in and through the church. That's what Ephesians 3 says. He's he, he's he's displaying to the you know the principalities and powers that 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 his wisdom is being worked out. His purposes are being worked out through the church. Who gets the glory for that? Mm-hmm. The Lord gets the glory for that. Yeah, and that's why it's so important that we recognize our meetings are spirit enabled and spirit empowered. This is not about us, mm-hmm. and that we pursue those things. I mean, I think that's why Paul says, you know, pursue the spiritual gifts. Um, of course, above all these, pursue love. But pursue God's working in and through you because it makes a difference. It matters. It strengthens the church. It points people to Christ. It builds you together. It does all these things that you cannot do on your own. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, where you fall on the cessationist continuationist spectrum, but but may this point land on you that we cannot be the church God means us to be. We cannot exalt Christ the way he intends us to exalt him without acknowledging that our meetings are enabled by the Spirit of God and they are yeah. empowered by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's exciting to gather every week. Amen. Amen. Yeah, just thinking about Ephesians 2, uh, I mean... Paul has this extended uh, description of what has been done for us in Christ, Mm. uh, and then concludes at the end of chapter 2, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself Mm. being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. We think about, I mean, what how the temple functions in Mm -hmm. Scripture, Mm -hmm. and the temple is where where God dwells. So in Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God 
by the Spirit. Mm. Yes, amen. So, only, only through the Spirit can we come. Only through the Spirit do we come. Yes. And it's through the Spirit that we experience this, this relational presence of God. Yes. And what a privilege that is. And I think it's only in that context that gifts like... Uh, you, you know the charismatic gifts, prophecy, tongues, healing, pe- praying for people to be healed. They they make sense because Paul said, "Don't make a big deal out of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, use them as the Lord gives them, but don't make a big deal out of those. Uh, be aware that the Spirit's moving in all these ways. Be mm-hmm. thankful for what the Spirit is doing." And then you know he even says in First Corinthians twelve three, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Meaning that the greatest miracle of all is the fact that any one of us can say Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm that he brings conversion. He raises the dead to life. Mm -hmm. And that's the work of the Spirit. All the rest is just, you know, the Spirit continue to work, but that's the most amazing thing. And we gather as those whom, through whom, whom the Spirit has brought from death to life to to glory in God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. And what a privilege that is every time we meet. Amen. Amen. And may the Spirit empower our gatherings. Uh, Thank you, guys, uh, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.